Hello, Jordan. Michael, how's jujitsu? <laughs> Got it in. Got it in. That's what she said. <laughs> How- <laughs> she did? Uh, it was good, man. Two times this week. Session number two, yeah. How'd it go today? It was good. What'd you guys work on? Uh, I worked on not contorting my face and, and making extreme effort on very simple moves. Seriously? That's what the lesson was? <laughs> no, that wasn't the lesson. That's just what I was told. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing a one rep max on a uh, on a barbell back squat. I don't need to. Did your professor like say like, hey, hey, like take it easy? <laughs> yeah. We're just chilling here. We're just taking it easy. <laughs> Relax your face. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, it was really good, man. I mean, I told you after my first session, it's like drinking through a fire hose. I'm not going to try and recount what all went down in that whirlwind of a class here. It would be incredibly boring to 99% of those listening. And, uh, but it, it was, it was fun. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Was it tiring or more? No, not super tiring. Sweat, sweating by the end of it, but it's good. I got a lift in this morning and then, uh, yeah, right now, planning on two to three days a week of of this so that uh, six years from now, if someone tries to kill my family in an alley, I can snap his neck and just continue with my life rather than suffer the fate that Batman's parents did. Love that. Or Bruce Wayne's. He wasn't Batman at the time. Anyway, how are you? Dude, I'm good. I've got jujitsu in about an hour and 17 minutes, so I'm ready for that. But uh, you undersell your math, but look at that. You just like, like that. Listen, listen, Michael, we both know my math is strong. Far, far. <laughs> Don't lie. You're an ISTJ. You can't lie. It is not Decent. strong. What, Decent. strong for like a third grader? Yeah, it's, it's, okay. <laughs> it's acceptable. For a third grader? Yeah, it's definitely acceptable no. for like an eight-year-old. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. <laughs> It's all right. You don't have to be good at everything. You know what I mean? That's true. I don't understand why humans do what they do, and you do. Yeah, I mean, you do decently. No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's true. I had, uh, I wrote some, some notes down on things we can, uh, Wait, you know, BS just, around on for the first do, half. Let's just go, go over one move you learned at jujitsu today. Okay. Like we don't have to spend 30 minutes, but just, I want to hear like, what's one thing you went over today? Well, we started with doing like three or four reps of the four things that I learned in the last class. Oh, love that. Yeah. And, and I remembered them. I remembered all four of them. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, That's amazing. And then what was one new one that we did today? The thing is, I don't understand that. I mean, I know a little bit of term. I know more terminology than I'm leading on in class okay. <laughs> because I don't want to like, you know, come across as some know-it-all, but I don't know it from doing it. I just know it from talking to you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what what's one thing that we did today? I was... Okay, so uh, if if someone has you, if they're in Mount 
and then they have you in like a forearm choke. They have like their forearm across your neck. Yep, yep. Basically how to, I don't know what you would call it, you flip them off of you. So you're like securing their wrist and getting their their elbow, getting a grip on like their tricep. And then you got to get your your, what would be my left foot out from, what do you call that? They have like a hook on with their foot over your, Yep. yep. I want to get my foot on the outside and then kind of move my head out of the way and then roll him off me. So I end up being on top. I end up being in the other person's guard. Yeah, dude, that's perfect. It's a, a, one of the best mount escapes. Yeah. Super helpful. Like for overall defense, like for people listening, if someone has, if someone's mounted on top of you, imagine you're lying on your back and someone is just like, literally like sitting on you, maybe like an, an older brother would do to a younger sibling. Like if they're just like tickling you or whatever, or like if someone's in a legit fight, they're like just sitting on your chest and like raining down punches. Like that's what, that's what mount is. So you just described how to get out from that position, which is, you described it perfectly too. The technique was spot on. Thanks Dale. You're the best. No, um, it's ISTJ. <laughs> it was just, that was just the truth. It's a great technique. He actually said something really interesting in my first class that I hadn't thought of, which was uh, what what this skill does is it lets you control. He called it a, a dimmer in a fight. Mm. He wasn't like not self defense on the street or a home invasion, but just if he actually said something super interesting, which is a majority or a large percentage of like physical interactions are actually between people who know each other. And so in those instances, if, if you happen to, you know, be in that situation, you don't want to just go zero to a hundred. You don't want it to be a light switch on and off. You want to be able to control the intensity, right? Like you want to be able to control them without actually hurting them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I thought that was, it, it was an aha moment for me because I, I don't remember the last fight I was in, but fights I've been in historically when I was younger were with friends or people who I knew, who I, I wouldn't want to like really hurt. Yeah, you wouldn't want to kick them in the face with your shin and like cause real damage. You just want to like control the situation to the point where, all right, now the aggression's out and no one's hurt. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's where people like hear mixed martial arts or combat or whatever, jujitsu. And they all of a sudden think you're learning just like, all right, we're learning how to kill people. It's like, no, learning how to keep yourself safe and other people safe. And sometimes even the person safe who's attacking you, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. whether they know you or not, maybe it's like a, a homeless person on the street or someone who has severe mental issues. It's like, you don't want to hurt that person. Like, and they don't, they don't want to hurt you. They're not even like consciously aware of what they're doing sometimes. But like you kick them in the face, you're doing real damage. And there's probably going to be a lawsuit involved. But with jujitsu, where it's just being able to control the person, it's you can really, really control the situation without anyone getting hurt. That's very well explained. It's a great point. This it's actually a good transition because people do say like, you know, why would you want to be able to hurt someone? Why do you need to learn these skills? Why don't you just be peaceful? Why don't it's, it's like you can't like being incapable doesn't make you peaceful. Correct. What makes you peaceful is the, you know, the, the warrior in the garden slogan. What, what maintains peace are very dangerous, very capable individuals who have integrated that mm -hmm. and, and, you know, 
you you protect i'm just talking kind of metaphorically now but like you protect borders and safeguard a garden with strength mm-hmm. like that like that's what keeps quote unquote invaders out and uh, i i think a lot of people miss that i think a lot of people take peacetime for granted and don't realize that that it is strong individuals who are upholding that yeah that's exactly right you know it's also I think everyone logically knows there's a chance someone could break into your house or someone could attack you on the street. Everyone logically knows that, but they always think like, well, it would never happen to me. But I, I think, for example, and we're not going to dive into into real politics, but I think what's interesting right now is people are are seeing what's happening in Ukraine, for example, where just regular everyday civilians are just like 14-year-old boys and up are being handed military-grade weapons. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh shit. It's not like Ukraine is a third world country that you can't imagine. Like, no, this is, this is like real life in, in, in our world. And it, this is, if you think that this is this, any type of combat is, is very far away from your doorstep. I think you're probably naive. You're, you're, you're very naive. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. There's, there's a name for this. It's a, uh, it's, it's the situation where the chicken is born and the chicken, you know, gets fed and the chicken grows and the chicken has sunny days and gets every day the farmer feeds the chicken and they have this great relationship and the chicken is just living life and day after day after day after day, getting fed, rain, shine, like growing strong, growing bigger. And then one day the chicken is dinner, <laughs> like boom, like it, and it's just this drastic shift, this cataclysmic shift, right? That's the right word, I think. We might have to vocab check me on that. But in in life, right, where it's like, oh, this is not what I thought it was, says the chicken as he or she is on the chocolate block. Or, <laughs> and, 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 and like that's – there can be massive shifts in an instant and it is good to be prepared and there there's a certain set of skills that are important to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, you know where we should take this conversation right now is back to overtraining, even though I, mm. I think we've hit on this at least once in the last month or two. But this this uptick in uh, average training hours a week, you know, I went from three days a week lifting to four days a week lifting, now adding two to three days a week of rolling on top of the lifting, playing all that football back, you know, was that last week? Like, it feels really, really good to be doing more physical activity. And I mean, I was telling you yesterday, I think it was just, I don't know how we all got so brainwashed into thinking that fitness should be something that you put in a box into three 45 minute workouts per week. (laughs) And like, that's all for your physical activity. That's all you need to do. And then just live the rest of your life however you want. It's like, no, actually moving and lifting and running and, and doing all these different activities up to multiple hours a day really feels good. Yeah. And obviously, you know, being progressive with it, not going from like morbidly obese and completely sedentary for 30 years to doing like as much as we're doing, but also not just looking at the 150 minutes a week of low intensity exercise and then sitting on your ass the rest of the time. Like you can do more. And I think especially in the science-based fitness world, that term overtraining is thrown around so haphazardly. And even, even for example, this is something that I've been learning working with Alex Viata. 
the idea of if you're sore, then like you can't do anything. Like for example, yesterday I did, <laughs> Alex programmed six sets of Steinborn squats into 25 feet of walking lunges with 135 pounds, which is like insane. And that was just one part of the workout. That was just like one sixth of the workout. And today he has me doing sprints like at a, a 10 miles per hour on the treadmill doing a 400 meter, no 400 meter, what is it? Uh, yeah, 400 meter repeats uh, at a speed of 10. I have like eight, nine, eight or nine or 10 total sets of that. My legs are pretty damn sore today, but like we've been doing this for the last month or so. And I think before I worked with Alex, I would have been like, you know what? My legs are sore. I'm not going to run or I'm not going to do any of that. But it's, you can actually still move if you're sore. You can still do training. Obviously, it's going to require a longer warm up today. Like I'm going to want to like get get take some time to build up to it. But it's been very interesting to see your body is capable of handle, handling so much more than so many people realize. It really like it's it's built to be resilient. That's what it's made to be. And uh, yeah. So obviously, again, taking it progressively, not doing that with your everyday average Joes and Janes, but especially, you know, with yourself, you can push yourself and don't feel limited to, okay, well, I can only train four days a week. And then the rest of the time I should just sit on my butt because it has to be a rest day. Like you can move. Mm -hmm. I think people also get in the, the mindset that like, I'm too busy to do more than, you know, three 30 minute sessions per week is literally all I have time for. And, and, you know, there are going to be rare instances where that's true. Mm -hmm. And I think they're few and far between, but really, if you take a, a good solid look at your day-to-day -day and weekly schedule, you can find time that, be, that can be converted from some leisure activity into some physical activity, which I think will actually lead to you feeling better. Yeah, agreed. Do you have any, any finger on the pulse of uh, uh, how you, not how your body feels in terms of soreness, but in terms of, let's call it like tweaking something, injury potential, wear and tear stuff, like, like not feeling good when you are, let's say in the, in the year 2018 compared to the year now, because I think intuitively most people would say, oh, you're doing way more now. Your body probably feels worse. Your body's probably more beat up. You probably like, or do you feel better now than you did when you were doing way less? I feel infinitely better now. Infinite. And it's funny because back 2018, training Gary, traveling the world, spending all my time on business, very little time on my health and fitness. I was tired chronically, just like chronically exhausted. My back was tight all the time from sitting down and traveling and just, you know, working at my desk and computer and uh, computer and phone all the time. Um, now with like between two to three hours a day of some form of exercise, I feel amazing. Like now, granted, that's also taken a toll on my productivity and my business and all of that, but it was a trade-off I was willing to do at this point in my life. But yeah, feel so much better. And my, it's so funny, like my sleep quality is so much better now too, which I think goes really overlooked. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm like, my sleep sucks, my sleep sucks. That's actually one of the reasons I've been hitting so hard on cardio and movement because sometimes people get like restless legs or like they're just, they're not tired enough when they go to bed because they haven't exhausted their body. Like you actually, you need to exert yourself to get some really deep sleep. Yeah. Someone who is working a desk job, working a nine to five, you know, not taking a lot of steps during the day, isn't sleeping well, 
mm-hmm. even, you know, not working out, not doing anything, call it. It's like, okay, go, go do what you did when you were eight years old on Saturday. Go play outside <laughs> for five hours, like find, <laughs> find some, do physical activity, go, go to the beach and, and rack up 15,000 steps and do a couple of like sprints swimming in the ocean and like th- see how you sleep at night. It's, that's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You said you're less productive now because you're doing more uh, exercise than in 2018 when you were more productive. Yep. But you're making more money now. Your business is doing better now. Yes, correct. You're, when you say productivity, you mean hours exerted working, creating content like working. Correct. Yeah. My, the amount of time I spend actually creating new content is a fraction of what it used to be. Then I think you're actually more productive, not less productive. Interesting. Even, well, yeah, I guess you mean because I can still help people with the content that I've already made and like still get like that same level of reach while also still improving my own health without having to necessarily make more content because I've already made the content. You're, you're reaching more people. You, you know, there's a, there's a correlation between bottom line and impact you're having and, and you are putting in less hours to, to do that. So you're actually, your productivity is higher. Your hours spent working might be lower, mm-hmm. but your productivity is higher and you're doing more on, on the personal side, health side, et cetera. I, I see, I just see opportunities for more activity. The, the walking treadmill during a meeting or a zoom call, because so many people are doing zoom calls these days for, for work. Uh, and even like, a go for a walk outside with someone as an in-person meeting rather than sit down for lunch mm-hmm. like, or, or even doing calls, moving around, doing calls. There are so many ways to get more activity in while still continuing to live your life that rather than just sitting with bad posture, hunched over a computer all day, every day. Yeah. I will say, I think this is probably a good point to bring up what, how I hired a new video editor-ish um, mm, because that's mm. helped with my productivity in terms of I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of YouTube videos that have been sitting there for years. And there's this, there's this guy who's been DMing me every single week, sometimes multiple times a week for months and months and months just being like, hey, I want to try, like, I want to help you make videos. I want to help. Like, here's some samples of ones I've done. And I've ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, ignored it. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'll give him a shot. <laughs> what, weren't you on the verge of blocking him? <laughs> You're like- I, was, I was so close to it because every single week on this, the same time, the same day, every week, hey, it's a new week. Wanted to reach out, see if I can make videos for you, da, 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 da. And, uh, and I was like, fi- finally, I was like, you know what? All right, cool. I messaged him. I was like, here, here's the deal. Go to my YouTube channel, pick a clip from one of my videos, make it into a video. And if I like it, then we'll talk about working together. He was like, cool, done. He did it, made an amazing video, but without me telling him what clip I wanted, what video to use, just like literally within, within 24 hours came back with an amazing clip. And I was like, all right, cool, let's do it. And so that's actually been amazing for me now and also speaks to what happens when you make just a lot, you spend a few years making a ton of content you have content for the rest of your life that you mm-hmm. can always go back and, and refurbish into whatever you want it to do. 
this that was a, a great because we talked about this on the Gary V pyramid, like mm. you know, how to be super high ROI with content, having base content and then letting you know, finding clips from that. And so that's that's amazing that he does such a good job with those. Because part of what we talked about in that episode was that it's really hard for someone else to stitch together a good like 30 to 60 second real TikTok from a bigger piece of content. And, you know, you shared a few of them with me. They look amazing. So that's, that's awesome. And I'll say I hired him so far to make 20 clips. He got me 20 clips in 48 hours, which is insane. That's unheard of. Yeah. Insane. 20 clips in 48 hours. And I would say 12 to 13 of them are great. Like, like six to seven of them are like, okay, decent, but totally worth it for those 12 to 13 amazing clips. Well, and we talked about, I mean, I think that's a function of getting you 20 clips in 48 hours is he's young and hungry. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's he's a young kid. Yeah. And yeah, the, the fact that so many of them are usable. I mentioned during that episode, I was going to ask Gary how many of the clips that get sent to his team, Gary, WhatsApp group, text threads uh, of the content his team makes as he actually posts. And he said about 50%, mm. which I, I thought was pretty high. But we did the math on this kid. If you even posted one out of four that he sent you, it'd be a really good deal. Yeah. So the fact that over half of them are really good and postable, that's that's huge. Yeah, that's exactly right. Want to talk about blackout curtains? Oh, yeah. I know you want to talk about blackout curtains. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Well, you just got blackout curtains for the first time, right? Well, yeah. So I told my wife years ago, long before we were married, long before we were engaged, I was like, I want blackout curtains because I see how they work at your apartment for years. I've been like, man, these things block out every drop of sunlight. And she was always like, no, 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 because they're going to look bad. Because she assumed all blackout curtains just like were super black, dark, and like they didn't look good in an apartment. And it wasn't until we found out that she was pregnant that she was like, oh, we're probably going to need something like that so the baby can sleep in the room in the middle of the day or something, take naps without the sun waking the baby up. And so she started looking into it and she found out there are very – I don't know the right word, very fashionable. Is that the right word? Is it like they Sounds look right. nice? Home decor, sure. nice. Yeah. Home, yep. Yeah. Chic. Is that the, the very chic? <laughs> I don't know these words, but yeah, they like, they look good in the house. So like she found one and she had a person come to the apartment and they matched it up with the wallpaper or whatever. And like, so finally we just got those installed and for the last three nights I've gotten unbelievable sleep. And I've just like, I don't set an alarm. So like I've been waking up and I've been waking up late. <laughs> I've been waking up. I'm like, dear Lord, how is it already nine o'clock? Just like, yes. Cause usually I wake up to the sunrise. Just like the, the, we have these super light curtains with like actual like mini holes in them. So you can see the sun uh, very clearly. So I always just wake up when the sun comes up. But lately I've been waking up at like 839. No problem. And I could probably go back to bed if I wanted to. So, and the sleep quality has been great. Incredible. I mean, there, there was a study, I'm going to butcher the details, but uh, two, two groups, control group was completely blacked out. The other group had a, a dime size of blue light shined on the back of their knee. 
So they were in the same setting, blacked out room, but they had a dime size of blue light shined on the back of one of their knees. And there was some like drastic difference in sleep quality between the two groups. 27%. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, on this, on my Garmin watch, I was looking because you can scroll through, you have all of the data on the app and, uh, by the way, that's not a sponsor. We don't have any sponsorships here. We're not we're not sponsor guys at the How to Become a Personal Trainer podcast. But on this watch, when I was in Miami, and it was a pretty dark room, but you know there was light coming in from the top of the blind, um, like a, a street lamp, I assume that was outside of my hotel room. I got between thirty and thirty five minutes of deep sleep on average for the six nights that I was there. And I come back here and I'm in my perfectly blacked out room, hour and a half of deep sleep per night. Jeez. That's so crazy. Insane. And I, I, I felt my training quality while I was there. And it could be a number of factors, right? Like wearing a backpack, walking around all day, like playing football, doing things. But my training quality, like I just felt weaker during my workouts. I felt like I was dragging during all of them. So you could feel that lack of deep sleep. Mm-hmm. It's also crazy because you know, like the the thermometer on the walls, like that you can like program how, how the temperature of the room. Mm-hmm. So the first night that we got the blackout curtains, there was like a teeny tiny green light on the thermometer. Oh, and get some black hockey tape over that bad boy. That's what. It, that's exactly what I put on top of it. I had the black hockey tape, put it right on top of it, and then the next two nights it was. It was amazing, but it's so crazy how that one small teeny light felt like it was lighting up the whole room. I was like, what the hell is going on, dude? I travel with black hockey tape all like <laughs> there's the, the red light on the TV, even when the TV's oh, yeah. off in hotel rooms. Yeah. I'll take like a backpack and stack stuff up so it, it blocks that like blacked out room. And it really matters. It's it's uh it's quite insane. Yeah. What else do I have here on my list? Oh, is it a new trend to like take a single dumbbell and hold it with your palms up and curl the dumbbell? I haven't seen that. Is it you've been seeing that on TikTok? No, (laughs) no, I've been seeing it in the gym or to take a single plate with both hands, like you're driving a car and curl the plate. Wait, so you mean for the single dumbbell, you're not talking about like with your hand open, are you? Let me show you. You like underhand grip, grabbing it by the rubber. Like this? What the hell? So the dumbbells, the dumbbell is vertical up and down. Okay. The, the, yeah, the bar yeah. is up and down. And you're Oh, and you grab the top one, you grab the mm-hmm. top portion of Oh, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some people do that. Oh, and you with the plate, are you talking about like the the flat side of the plate or the the mm-hmm. handles of the plate? Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike's doing showing all of these, but you can't see because we're not having clips yet. Just wait until the video podcast starts ripping any week now. Oh, by the way, the fitness business mentorship price is going up in uh, by Friday, April first. So this is your final warning. If if you're interested, if you want to join, if you've been on the fence, get in there. Price is going up by 25%. We've given several warnings over the last few episodes. So we'd love to have you, but I just thought of that. Yeah. I've seen some people doing those curls. I, I like the front raises with the plate. 
Like I like doing front raises with the plate, holding it like that, like a you know a drive a steering wheel mm-hmm. going up all the way overhead. I actually I like that exercise a lot, but mm-hmm. I haven't really seen. I don't really understand why people do curls with the plate like that. I feel like the range of motion stops too soon because the plate's gonna hit you in the face. So you have to stop yeah. before it goes too far. Or the nuts, like you, like yeah. you can't get full extension either. Yeah, and I don't know why someone would do that with a dumbbell for the curl. I feel like that would just put more stress on your wrist than actually much on your bicep. Yeah, okay. I'm just making sure that, uh, just making sure I'm not falling behind the times. No, you're ahead of the times. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's fire up some questions. I have some here too that were left over that we didn't get to. Okay. You want to do those? Because we started talking about it, this is, I don't think you're going to love this one. Rest days. This came from one of your Q&As. Uh, by the way, we're going to be fielding email, uh, fielding questions for the podcast from our email list. So if you're not on there already, link is in the description. You can jump on the email list for free, get a, a free 30 day or uh, 30 ways to build your online fitness business guide. And then you'll see that email come through that allows you to submit questions for the podcast. But rest days, what activities do you do to stay active on them? Um. kind of a whatever you want. Is that what you're feeling? Yeah. This is just one of those things that I really feel like people overcomplicate for no reason. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, people, I get so many people asking about rest days, whether it's like, can I do walking? Yeah, of course you can fucking walk. You know, like that's, you don't need a rest day from walking. Um, You can do, you can, the only thing that I wouldn't do on a rest day is like, severe plyometric exercise like i i wouldn't be doing a lot of jumping or bounding or sprinting or juking or twisting or or agility stuff like that's that's actually a lot of never mind the stress it can put on your your joints and your tendons and your ligaments and all of that but it it can actually it requires a lot of input from your nervous system and for those types of exercise, for the speed-based drills, for the jumping, for the sprinting, for the juking, all that stuff, it requires a lot of input from your nervous system. And if you are fatigued, you're not going to have as good of an output, which is actually going to affect your performance. So I wouldn't do that on rest days. But otherwise, I mean, <laughs> you could do anything. I mean, obviously, like if, if, you're, if you lift upper body yesterday, don't lift upper body today, right? <laughs> that's, that's obvious. You know, but like you could do lower body or you could do like anything. It's, I feel like we're so much more resilient than we, than we, uh, think we are. And like so many people on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok are, are being like, I don't know, they're, they're scaring people into doing nothing. They make it seem like if you, if you just don't sit on your ass your entire rest day, then your, all your gains are going to go out the window. It's like, no, it's all right. Like, I don't know. Maybe if you're trying to step on stage as a, as a Mr. Olympia or something, then you got to be a little bit more careful with your rest days. But if you're just trying to be healthy, like go move. And that's actually a good point. Cause a lot of the Mr. Olympia is like, they're not healthy mm. and mm. they're at all. And, and I think, uh, if your goal is just overall health, movement is better than not moving, you know? So just get out there and move. Yeah. I love it. And, and you made a good point. Like, the one thing that will deter progress is the explosive stuff. 
mm-hmm. right? Like playing two hours of very intense sports, which is okay. Just know that if if your number one goal is making strength gains and you have a program designed for that end, and then and then you had two groups and one group, you know, walked 8,000 steps on their rest days and the other group played two and a half hours of tackle football like their life depended on it on their rest days. The group that did the walking is going to see superior strength gains. Mm-hmm. But outside of that very intense, very explosive activity, do whatever you enjoy, I would say. Do what you like doing to move around so that you'll do more of it. And maybe the football group had more fun. And they enjoyed it, you know? So it's like, yeah. is your goal, like, is your trying to bench press to 225 that important to you that, like, you just don't want to do anything else other than, like, walk and then lift? Or, like, would you rather be with friends and hang out and laugh and have fun and get out in the sun and da-da-da-da-da? Like, that, I don't know. Like, you have to figure it out for you. At one point in my life, I would have lived and died by my deadlift numbers. Like, that's all that mattered to me. At this point in my life, I don't give a shit, you know? And, like, and, and I think both are cool. Yeah. Like I have, re- I have respect for both. I think whatever you actually prefer as an individual is what you should do. Yeah. Because after, you know, it's Friday. It's been eight days since my last beach football game and my left knee is still a little wonky. My left foot is still a little wonky. I don't, I might be, I might be sitting on the sideline getting a suntan next year rather than no, going all I'm, I'm going next year too. So oh, we'll, then we'll play the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the dynamic duo back in Bro, action. Did you hear that, that Louis Simmons passed away yesterday? Shut up. Yeah. Super sad. I'm sorry, I, man. It's, it's time. Not, it was his time. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. It sucked. Jeez. It sucked. Yeah. I was just thinking about like the times of my life when deadlifting <sighs> was everything and da da da. And then it's, yeah, Louis, he passed away. For everyone who doesn't know, Louis was just like, He's he's the ultimate legend of strength and conditioning in, in the United States, in the world. So, yeah, he was well over 70 years old. And I bet like hours before he passed away, he could have pilled up, deadlifted over 700 pounds. <laughs> like there's not a question in my mind that if that if he needed to do that. So he was he was in a lot of pain. So it was a, it was definitely his time. But, yeah, that sucked. That's really sad. Yeah. Rest in peace. Gosh, I did not know that. Sorry to bring the mood down, brother. <laughs> no, it's okay. I West Side versus the World, is that the name of the, the documentary? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea for people to watch that on Netflix if you haven't. Yeah, yeah. in honor that, and tribute. That'll give you some like... insight into Louie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. Should we move on to questions? I had a question for you. Uh, in over time with your increase in total training volume and hours per week training uh what what has your average hours of night per sleep and average i know you're not tracking but like average daily calorie intake looked like how much have those come up if at all um in terms of sleep it's probably been pretty consistent throughout like i don't think i don't think it's it's changed dramatically it's changed dramatically from 2017, 18, 19, for sure, obviously. But since like, I've really started increasing the volume of my training the last year and a half or so, two years, no. I think my sleep has been pretty consistent. Um, calories, it's, you know, it's been off and on in terms of 
obviously when I was cutting, cutting weight for competitions, I would reduce my calories. And then when I was, you know, not cutting weight, I would increase them. Interestingly, since I started doing a lot more so with, with Alex Viata, the first month or so, I lost a significant amount of weight. I lost about four or five pounds just from, I, I wasn't tracking my calories, nothing, but just from all of the extra activity, I lost extra weight. And so I've deliberately started trying to eat more. Uh, and that's not had me gain any weight, but it's stabilized at that weight loss. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting right around 148 to 150 right now. And I'm, I'm eating like a, like a beast, like a nice. beast for me, you know, not, yeah. not a beast for, not a beast for a 300 pound dude, but I mean, like I'm eating a lot, but I'm also to be, I'm eating. It, my wife said this last night. She was like, your nutrition is, has been so good. But like my, the quality of the food that I've been eating has been impeccable. Nice. Um, Obviously, like last night, for example, we went out on a, on a date night and I got a steak and fries and like I had, I had all the fries and everything, but, um, by and large, my nutrition has just been so good. It's, it's really been the best it's been, I think in years. Yeah. Having one serving of fries doesn't uh, invalidate what you just said. <laughs> when I hear you say nutrition's been impeccable, I think you're eating more calories and 80% of those calories are of really solid quality food choice. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been focusing a lot on fiber. Like I'm just like crushing fiber. I'm going like back to, I feel like a lot of like nineties recommendations. I'm getting a lot of whole grains, getting a lot, like a lot of putting chia seeds in my cereal. Um, actually like I'm mostly cereal for breakfast. Cereal and fruit is my breakfast cereal. Like it's, uh, what's it called? I forget which cereal it's called, but it's super good. And I put I put chia seeds in there, a bunch of like raspberries, blueberries, strawberries in there. Like, are we, are we talking a protein shake, milk base, or just regular milk? Dude, regular milk. My my protein intake has decreased, and I just feel super good. Good for you. But a decrease in my protein intake, I'm still getting plenty of protein, right? You're, like I'm still, you're still getting minimum like 0.5 to 0.6 grams per pound of body weight. Easily more than that. I'm getting probably like 0.7 to to one gram per pound of lean body mass for sure. No question about it. Um, But like, I think before any time I felt hungry, my brain immediately went, went to protein. I need to get protein in. And like, that was just like what I had trained myself and what like, what I was taught, like go protein, go protein. Mm -hmm. Especially from the times you've been trying to lose fat. Yeah, exactly. But, but lately it's just been like, you know, I know what, like I'll get, I'll get some more fiber and I'll get some fruit in. And I am not constantly thinking about more protein, more protein, more protein. So that's been, and I think that's been good for my energy, for my performance, for my digestion, all of it. hundred percent and health. Yeah. And, And yeah, especially performance. Uh, what, what have your strength levels been like? Great, man. Um, are you, are you, I guess, are you getting stronger? Yeah. So it's interesting. I'm getting stronger in the specific skills that I'm training. Right. So for example, um, I'm not, I'm not trying to train my deadlift to get stronger. Right. So my deadlift is, it's fine. Like if I wanted to pull 405, I could do that for a one rep max for sure. But like I've been doing L sit pull-ups and at first when I started doing them, like I was doing, I was doing between sets of six to eight with just my body weight. Now I'm doing L-sit pull-ups with five pound ankle weights on each foot and I'm doing sets of 10. 
Mm. So like that's getting stronger, but it's, it's all very skill dependent. Like whatever movements we've been training, Steinborn squats are now super easy with 135. Uh, when I first started doing power or, uh, clean cleans, I was doing cleans with like 115. Now I'm doing 155. So like my strength is going up, but it's not just because I think of the muscular adaptations as much as I think the, the neuromuscular adaptations and the skill adaptations of doing these movements more and more and more. Especially so, yeah, with a, I, a lot of new movements that you haven't done because Alex's programming is exactly different than, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely getting stronger, but not traditionally stronger in the sense of like the big three squat bench deadlift. It's just getting stronger overall with all the, yeah. a lot of odd movements in my programming, and that's, a lot of bent it, presses and all that. Yeah. That's what I meant. Are you, are you progressing in weight on the movements that he has programmed for you? Just because just thinking about the total amount of activity you're doing and the fact that body weight is maintaining, the fact that you're progressing across the board is really cool. Uh, on a on a Stein is it Steinberg squat? Steinborn. Stein Steinborn. <laughs> I had a Stenbeck. That's who. Scott Stenbeck was a science teacher at my high school, and he was also the JV golf coach. And in tenth grade, this is actually this is a podcast story right here. In tenth grade, in the spring, hockey was my main sport, but I like golf too. Uh, I was on the golf team and. I got hurt lifting weights. I hurt my back, like bent over row or something. And, uh, and he was like upset because I had to pull out of a tournament and like, I, I like could barely swing a club. And I told him I was lifting and he was like, why were you lifting? I was like, I'm lifting for hockey. Like I got to get stronger. He's like, this is golf season. Not to put, you know, bless his heart, but He's like, I basically had an ultimatum about, you know, if, if you're going to keep lifting weights, you can't be on the golf team. And that was, wow. and that was the end of my golf career. I did not know that. I didn't mm -hmm. even know you were on the golf team. Yeah. Ninth grade. And then like half of sophomore season. And then I was like, I'm not stopping lifting weights. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. And he didn't have you do Stein, Steinborn squats. He wasn't a fan. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you hit those alternating or do you hit one side first and then the other? It's funny. He's only just put in the number of reps he wants me to do, but I, I alternate just cause like I want to hit both sides. So I'll, I'll do, if he gives me six total sets, cause the way he's been programming them the last few weeks, which has just been awful. You do one Steinborn squat just to get in a position and then I do 25 feet of walking lunges and then I do I the Stein, Steinborn squat to get the bar off of me again. So I'll do three from one side and then three from the other side for the six total sets. I understand now. I didn't, I thought it was a, just a superset. I didn't get, you were doing it to get in position to do the movement. Now I get it. Yeah. 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 The, the first week it was just the squat. It was just the Steinborn squat. And then, and I did six or 10 sets of that. I think he just wanted me to practice it. And then now it's the Steinborn squat into the walking lunges, which is, it's freaking awful. It's, it reminds me of the time that you and I did that video at, at, at Gary's vacation house when we, we got 135 on our back and walked for, what was that? Did we each walk for like a mile or half a mile? It was about half a mile. Yeah. <laughs> but you showed me up because you went second. Basically I went as far as I could go away from the house and then you took the weight back to the house. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you did 10 reps of squats at the end of it. <laughs> I was like, I hate this guy. Let's do some curls. Curl to failure immediately. 
<laughs> oh man did you ever you published that video right oh yeah that's on youtube oh yeah oh yeah yeah sweet well this is a little shorter episode you're gonna go roll get a good get a good roll in you have a competition coming up so it's are you just gonna be going hard all hours at what this session's looking like for you I have no idea. Well, it really depends what my coach is going to want us to do. But yeah, probably usually leading up to competition is just we fight for an hour straight. Get it, brother. <laughs> um, final reminder, mentorship price is going up. There will be no exceptions, no like sneak in for the previous fee afterwards. So if you've been on the fence, if you have been thinking about joining but haven't yet, this is a good opportunity because cost is going up by 25% on Friday, April 1st. Perfect. Have a good one. All right. Bye, everyone. See you next week. Weekly uploads. Bye. Bye.